Okay, three, two, one. Oh my goodness. Good morning, good afternoon. Whatever it is for you, I hope you're having a fantastic day. My name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports. Thank you so very much for tuning in today. Uh, today is, I'm going to call it, wear a controversial flannel to work day. You know, people either love this bad boy or they hate it. I like it. Uh, the girlfriend hates it. We will shame her forever. <laughs> um, and I'm supposed to remind you, yesterday was my birthday. Uh, I, just, I just worked all day. Uh, that's, you know, my birthday. I got a lot of birthday wishes. First of all, thank you all to all the people on Instagram. I appreciate it. I love you guys. Uh, I'm now 23 years old. Uh, I'm young enough where I can still say my age. In like 20 more years, I'll be like, oh, I'm 30. And I'll pretend that I'm not really 30. Um, <laughs> I- I'm supposed to remind you guys. You know, I talked to my dad last night. We talked constantly. And my dad's like, you got to just keep reminding people. Hey, you know, I think people don't understand. Strong Opinion Sports is not just a YouTube channel. I- hey, you watch on YouTube, great. I make money from it. I really appreciate it. Uh, but many people don't realize Strong Opinion Sports is also... Hey, it's a podcast. It's on iTunes. It's on SoundCloud. It's on Spotify. It's everywhere you can listen to a podcast. Go to whatever podcast service you listen to podcasts on and subscribe to it there. Um, I want to start today with probably the biggest news of the day. We got a lot of stuff. We're going to talk about DeAndre Hopkins, that interesting mess of a trade we saw out of Houston. Uh, I'm, I'm, I think that's the one I'm most excited to dive into, but I want to first start with this. Um, I want to just interject real quick and uh, talk to you guys. Uh, I'm re-recording the opening segment of this podcast. That's what you're listening to right now. Because right as I finished recording, I looked at my phone and went, Oh my goodness, there was breaking news. And that news was this. It has been reported that Tom Brady is signing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh my gosh. Uh, That was kind of the rumor and assumption all day. I thought, honestly, we were going to find out tomorrow on Wednesday, not today on Tuesday. Um, but it became official. The NFL put it on Instagram on their own official Instagram account. I went, okay, wow, Zach, you know, despite all the rumors, this is now a real thing. You got to talk about it. And uh, it all started this morning when Tom Brady put out a statement saying that he was not going to return to the New England Patriots. And it, man, the minute I saw that, I went, oh, really? Really? Because let me say, for a long, long, and I'm not this guy very often, very rarely do I ever gloat about anything, but I've been saying for weeks, it doesn't make sense for Tom Brady to go back to New England. And oh my gosh, I got so much hate. So many people were mad at me. I was right. I was right. Again, I'm not that guy very often. Usually I'm the guy making videos talking about when I'm wrong. This is when I was bullish on, man. The minute I heard, Tom Brady put out a statement a little while ago saying that he wants two things. He wants control over the playbook, and he wants control over the player personnel. And when I heard that, I went, mm, that's a problem. He's just not going to get that in New England. New England's not going to give up control over who they sign and who they don't sign to Tom Brady. Uh, they're not going to listen to his input. It's just not. I just didn't see that happening. And uh, in the end, he did, they didn't get a good receiver. They saw other good receivers go to other teams. And Tom Brady was like, yeah, I'm going into, to uh, Tampa Bay. And uh, it just never made sense to me for Tom Brady to go back to New England. The goals he has in mind, uh, the things he wants from the franchise, he was never going to get in New England. And uh, other teams kind of view Tom Brady as mistreated. You know, they're like, oh, man, Tom, come here. We'll give you everything you always wanted. We're going to treat you right. You know, come here. We'll give you what you want. We'll give you good receivers. We'll give you a good offensive line. And uh, it's funny, man. As Tom Brady leaves the Patriots... It feels like he's leaving behind a flaming Patriots carcass. Like, I just imagine Tom Brady putting on sunglasses and walking away as the building burns to the ground behind him. 
I just, uh, you know, this is why, for example, this is why I'm so excited for Tom Brady to leave the Patriots. It has, look, I'm excited for Tom Brady. It's going to be fun. But I want to see how the Patriots are able to, and if they're even able to bounce back from losing Tom Brady. Is there anything the Patriots can do? Can they recover from this? You know, uh, will the Patriots rebound? They lost two key defenders. They lost Jamie Collins. They lost Kyle Van Noy on defense. Now they're losing their quarterback, Tom Brady. And uh, all the Patriots are really left with is this uh, old school head coach, Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick is really well respected around the NFL. But do people want to play for him? I love Bill Belichick. He's been one of my favorite coaches for years. I don't know that even I would have Bill Belichick. If, if someone came to me and said, hey, Zach, you can play in the NFL. Pick any team you want, any head coach. I don't even know that I would pick Bill Belichick. And that's sad, but that's the reality. And so now what we get to do is see how good Bill Belichick is. You know, I called, uh, like a minute ago, I called the Patriots a, bil- a burning building. I think, honestly, a, a better analogy is they're kind of like a crashed airplane. Tom Brady's walking away from a crashed airplane. And now the question is, hey, hey, Bill Belichick, how good of a genius engineer are you? Can you get this plane back in the air flying in the sky? We'll find out. How great is Bill Belichick at building a roster? Can he revive the Patriots? They lost their quarterback. They lost some key defenders. If it was just Tom Brady, if they just lost, excuse me, if the Patriots had just lost Kyle Van Noy and Jamie Collins, I'd go, oh, that's a, that's a, a really a stinger. But you know what? They're the Patriots. They have Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. But now they don't even have Tom Brady. Now the question is, how good is Bill Belichick at building a team and you know, being a head coach? Now I'm not surprised at all that Tom Brady left New England. Um, I just want to say, man, it's, here's why Tom Brady left the Patriots and chose the Buccaneers. Number one, they were willing to give him what they wa- he wanted. The Buccaneers went all out, said, we will give you, we'll do whatever it takes to get you Tom Brady. And I think Tom Brady not only liked the feel of that, he liked the energy. Like, yeah, they'll do whatever it takes to win and do what I think needs to happen. They really wanted him. I think that's huge. And then the Buccaneers have great offensive weapons. They have a great receiving core. They have Mike Evans. They have Chris Godwin. They have great tight ends. They have uh, O.J. Howard. They have Cameron Brait. They have a running back that I like named Ronald Jones. They also have some great pieces on defense. They have Shaq Barrett, who had 19 and a half sacks last year. They have Jason Pierre-Paul, a defensive end. And uh, the Buccaneers have a veteran head coach who really is very interesting because he tells the line between a guy who is very laid back and relaxed, but also does not tolerate nonsense. I think it really helps. A guy like Tom Brady is like, look, I've been there. I've done that. I've been around so long. Can we just cut the crap and do what it takes to win? I think him and Bruce Arians really share that. They have a similar energy. And I think Bruce Arians and Tom Brady are going to work well together. Remember, Bruce Arians has worked with Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck, Big Ben. I mean, he's been around, and he's probably excited to go. Of all the quarterbacks I've worked with, this might be the only guy who can be even better. Like he, Tom Brady is the best quarterback Bruce Arians has ever worked with, and that's not a very easy statement to say. Like Bruce Arians has worked with really great quarterbacks throughout the course of his career. Um, now, here's what we're going to get as fans. This is really, really interesting. Next year, guess where the Super Bowl is going to be held? Anybody guess? Tampa Bay. Yeah, Tom Brady might play a home game in the Super Bowl next year. If he can get to the Super Bowl, which I think is a possibility for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Remember, the Buccaneers were not a bad team last year. Their quarterback, Jameis Winston, just cost him so many games. Through like, I think it was oh, so many interceptions. He had even more interceptions dropped. If every interception 
Jameis Winston had thrown had been caught last year. He'd have something like 50 interceptions, which is just insane. Um, Tom Brady's not only potentially going to play a home game in the Super Bowl in Tampa Bay, but remember this. We as football fans are so, so lucky. Drew Brees is staying in the NFL. Tom Brady didn't retire. And not only did they not retire, guess what? Next year, we're going to have Tom Brady play Drew Brees at least twice. They play in the same division now. They're both in the NFC South. Bam! That's unbelievable. We get a home and home. Tom Brady is going to go to New Orleans. And then Drew Brees is going to go to Tampa Bay to play against Tom Brady. Oh, I couldn't. I'm so happy about that. I could not come up with a cooler thing if I dreamt it up myself. I just think that's amazing. And so we better appreciate next year. The NFL season, oh, it's going to be incredible. And the fact that we're going to have Tom Brady and Drew Brees with good football teams play against each other twice, we're so lucky. Okay, I want to read something. Uh, Bill Belichick gave a couple quotes today about Tom Brady, and I really liked it. Uh, I'm going to talk in a minute about what Bill Belichick's motivation is and part of why I think he's going to go after Andy Dalton. And I think some of it is because he wants to stick it to Tom Brady and prove that he can win without him. But it, it, as Tom Brady left, Bill Belichick was so, so respectful towards Tom Brady. Here's what he said. He said, Tom was not just a player who bought into our program. He was one of its original creators. Tom lived and perpetuated our culture on a daily basis. He was a tone setter and a bar raiser. He won championships in three of his first four years on the field and in three of his final six seasons with us, while competing for championships in the most in most every season in between. This is a credit to Tom's consistency and what separates him from everybody else. He didn't just perform. He didn't just win. He won championships over and over and over again. This is Bill Belichick talking about Tom Brady. He said, Tom and I... We'll always have a great relationship built on love, admiration, respect, and appreciation, he added. Tom's success as a player and his character as a person are exceptional. Nothing about the end of Tom's Patriots career changes how unfathomably unfathomably spectacular it was. With his relentless competitiveness and longevity, he earned everyone's adoration and will be celebrated forever. It has been a privilege to coach Tom Brady for 20 years. He also said Tom's examples of Tom's greatness are limitless. <laughs> I love this man. Going back even before he was drafted, Belichick said, we witnessed how he prepared when he wasn't playing and how he performed when he got his opportunity. What he did to continuously improve his leadership, his mindset, the example he set, and of course, the person he is. I am extremely grateful for what he did for our team and for me personally. Bill Belichick followed that up. This is the final thing he said. He said, sometimes in life, it takes time to pass before truly appreciating something or someone. But that has not been the case with Tom. He is a special person and the greatest quarterback of all time. I don't think that Belichick hates Tom Brady. I don't think Brady hates Bill Belichick. It makes a lot of sense that Tom Brady's not going back. Uh, I, you know, I just, I don't think that there's anything left for him to do there. And I don't think that Bill Belichick and Tom Brady really hate each other, but they're kind of realizing, hey, my, my final years are coming, my years are coming to an end, right? My career is coming to a close. And uh, my, the only thing left I have is that narrative. The only thing left negative people can say about Bill Belichick and the only thing left people can say that's negative about Tom Brady is people say, well, you only did it because of the other guy. Tom Brady only won because of Bill Belichick or Bill Belichick only won because of Tom Brady. 
So they realize, hey, we have a couple of years left in our careers, and we want to put that narrative to bed. I, I honestly hope good things for both of them. I'd love to see Bill Belichick win without Tom Brady. That'd be pretty cool. And I'd love to see Tom Brady win without Bill Belichick. And I think because I don't think it's they need, I don't think it's one or the other. I think it's both were really good, both were really special, were really incredible. And I think honestly, both are going to continue to be really special and really incredible. It's less about them hating each other and more about just hey. The relationship has run its course. They're ready for a new challenge. Um, I do want to say, I think the Patriots want Andy Dalton. That's the rumor, too, is that the belief is that the New England Patriots want to bring in the Bengals quarterback, Andy Dalton. And uh, here's why I think that makes a lot of sense. Andy Dalton is not well-respected by NFL fans. I, I think, you know, even in the media, he's just not well-liked or well-thought of. And so if Bill Belichick can find a way to win with Andy Dalton as his quarterback, it's a big just, uh, to Tom Brady, like, ha, we won with Andy Dalton. It was always me, not Tom Brady. I found a way to make Andy Dalton a good quarterback and win with him. That's kind of what I think is happening. It's like, it'd feel really good to Bill Belichick to find a way to win without Brady. And in fact, to do it with a guy who's not well thought of like Andy Dalton. It's like, aha, see, I am the master genius. I found a way to make Andy Dalton a successful quarterback in the NFL. So that's what I think is going to happen. Here's what I hope happens. If I could like just create any scenario and pick any of the quarterbacks that are available to go to the Patriots, first of all, Cam Newton would be really interesting and weird, but the one I would love to see, I so much would love to see Jameis Winston in a Patriots uniform. Oh my gosh. I mean, it just, it would be volatile. It'd be crazy. It would be so interesting. Um, you know, first of all, Jameis Winston is a lot more talented than Andy Dalton. Just straight up. He's got a better arm. He can throw the ball better. Um, and he's a wild card. He's explosive. He's, A, he can throw the ball really well. He's also made horrible decisions and got, I'm, I'm partway through a film analysis of, of Jameis Winston. Oh my gosh. I mean, he, it's like, what, sometimes you're like, what are you doing? I mean, in week, I believe in week 15 last year, he had, one touchdown and four interceptions. And then the very next week it was inversed and he had four touchdowns and one. So one in one touchdown, four interceptions the next week, four touchdowns and one interception. And you're like, how could a guy be both so great and so bad at the same time? I have no idea. I think the most interesting quarterback the Patriots could bring in would be Jameis Winston. Cause it's like, if they could make Jameis Winston good. Oh my gosh. I mean, there, there is undeniably a lot of talent and a lot of potential in Jameis Winston. The problem is, can you, make his decision-making better. I don't know. Andy Dalton, like, ah, he's quiet. He's boring. He's got an average arm. So it's very like, nah, it's just boring. But that's the Patriots. Right? The Patriots are probably going to go for boring over an explosive quarterback like Jameis Winston. Uh, so that's, that's kind of all I have to say. I, I, as a fan of football, and as a fan of both people, both Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, I cannot wait to see what's going to happen. All right. Um, you know, I, <laughs> Yesterday, I did a topic on Strong Opinion Sports about how I believe the Raiders are ready to move on from Derek Carr. You know, based on the things I've been hearing, based on what I've seen on film, and uh, boom! The Raiders signed free agent quarterback Marcus Mariota. Mariota, Mariota, I've never known. I've lived in Oregon. I still should know. I don't. Um, I just... <laughs> People were so mad at me. I, I literally yesterday said, hey, 
I think the Raiders are getting kind of tired of Derek Carr. And people are like, no way, Zach, you're crazy. Ah! Sorry. Sorry. But, hey, they, they're ready to – they're not necessarily moving on. The, the, the whole thought process here is that they're bringing in Marcus Mariota to compete with Derek Carr. Ooh, that's n- it's never good to be Derek Carr in this scenario, to bring in a really good quarterback to be behind you. So Ryan Tannehill came in last year and took Marcus Mariota's job. Now the question is, can Marcus Mariota do the same thing that Ryan Tannehill did to him? The guy's 26 years old. He'll be 27 in October. He's got a ton of talent. Talent has never been the problem with Marcus Mariota. Uh, and I got to say, the Raiders like Derek Carr. They don't, they don't hate him as a person. He's been a good leader for their franchise. He's a very nice young man. They all feel good about him. But the things I'm hearing from the Raiders is, look, we like the guy. He hasn't executed well enough. It's time for him to get going. We've been waiting and waiting and waiting, and the execution just hasn't been good enough. And to be quite frank, since his injury, since his back injury, he's been kind of skittish in the pocket, hasn't been quite what we needed as a quarterback. And Raiders fans, when I said that I think the Raiders are, you know, just to let you know, I think the Raiders are ready to move on from Derek Carr. Raiders fans went, oh, you're terrible. Oh, you're horrible. I hate you. Blah, blah, blah. And they kept saying, well, Derek Carr is good enough. Derek Carr is a good enough quarterback. Yeah. The problem is good enough isn't actually good enough for the Vegas Raiders. The Raiders want a great quarterback. The Raiders want a star quarterback, a guy who can make big plays and win them more games. And uh, the thing is, that hasn't been Derek Carr in recent years. They just feel like, yeah, they they know that the roster and the team has other problems. Derek Carr is not the only problem with the Raiders in the last couple of years. But definitely Derek Carr could have been better, and they want better. They don't want a guy that's good enough. They want a guy who's great. And uh, it's very possible that with John Gruden's coaching, Marcus Mariota could become a great quarterback and the great quarterback that the Raiders need in Las Vegas. All right, uh, let's talk about a, a franchise I feel kind of bad for. Um, the Dallas Cowboys franchise tagged their quarterback, Dak Prescott. So he will not become a free agent. He's going to play next year in Dallas. Uh, the question is, will he get a long-term deal or not? So if Dak does not agree to a deal, a long-term deal by July 15th, then he will play next season without a long-term deal. He'll be playing on a franchise tag, which means he'll have one-year contract to prove how good he is and prove what kind of contract he should get. That would mean that Dak Prescott would be betting on himself to earn a larger contract than the one the Dallas Cowboys have offered him. And I, I, I see two sides to this. Number one, people have to decide. Are you a Dak Prescott fan? Or are you a Dallas Cowboys fan? Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys do not necessarily have the same interest in mind uh, in the next coming months for the quarterback and his contract scenario. Uh, Number one, I want to warn Dak Prescott. Dude, take the money. Take the money you've been offered. Dak Prescott reportedly was offered a $100 million contract, and he turned it down. He said, nah, not enough. Not what I want. And I want to say, I've taken risks in my life. I've moved around the country. I've gone, I've done, I've done a lot of interesting, weird, crazy stuff. I think more than most people that are 23 years old. And uh, so I want to say, I, I believe in taking risks. I'm not a person that's risk averse and says, oh, just play it safe forever and get a 401k. And I'm not that guy. I never have been. But I, I also believe in taking you know, risks that you have a chance to succeed. My fear here is that 
Dak might not have a good season next year as a quarterback. I really truly believe that there's a high possibility that Dak is not as good next year as he was this past season statistically and from a you know from a from a playing standpoint. What he what he put on film might not be better next year than what he put on last year. And I really think Dak Prescott needs to put his ego aside. He's so caught up in Ah, I was only offered $100 million. I want $115 or $120 million. I should at least get paid more than Ryan Tannehill. Dude, put your ego aside. Take the money you've been offered. Yeah, let's, see, let's do the math. So if, if Dak Prescott was offered a five-year deal worth $100 million, that's around $20 million a year. He's like, no, I want more. I, want, I think literally the report is that he wants $40 million a year. It's insane. No way. No way. I just wouldn't pay it. I'd pay Dak $25 million, maybe. I wouldn't feel great about $25 million, but hey, why not? I think Dak's really more worth around $20 million a year. But also, it's interesting. Dak keeps pushing for as much money as possible, and all that does is hurt his team. When Dak pushes for more money, he's just hurting the Cowboys. They are losing salary cap space. The more money they pay Dak Prescott, the less money they have for everybody else. And it it makes sense to me when you give a guy like Russell Wilson that kind of money. A guy, like, I don't like giving even Russell Wilson that kind of money, but hey, Russell Wilson can win with less. Or Aaron Rodgers, in the past, when he signed his big contract, was so talented, he could win anyway, right? A guy like, if the the quarterback is one of the top three or four best quarterbacks in the NFL, give him the money. But Dak Prescott doesn't seem to understand where he stands in the NFL. I think he thinks he's with Russell Wilson Let me tell you, Dak Prescott is not Russell Wilson. He's not. And as the Cowboys lose cap space, they're losing players. They lost Byron Jones yesterday. They lost Randall Cobb. They were expected to lose him. They got him on a really cheap contract for one year. But they also lost Robert Quinn. And the more money that they pay Dak Prescott, the worse their roster will be and the harder Dak Prescott's job will be. I just think it's weird. I don't really understand the approach here. Here's the reality. The Cowboys should not give Dak Prescott a long-term contract. I, I, again, let me repeat that. Be very, very clear. Are you a Cowboys fan or a Dak Prescott fan? Dak Prescott fans want their guy to get paid. I don't think a Cowboy fan actually wants, if you really just want good for the Cowboys, you don't want the Cowboys to give Dak Prescott a long-term gigantic contract. What I've seen on film is Dak Prescott is a mediocre quarterback. He's got some accuracy issues. And people are going to say, well, what about his completion percentage? Yeah, he's fine throwing the guys who are open underneath. A five-yard pass with nobody around him. Of course, his completion percentage is going to be really high because he dinks and dunks. He's throwing little tiny passes underneath. But when you need a guy to dial in a great throw downfield in a tight coverage late in a game, Dak Prescott hasn't been that guy. Watch the film. It's not there. He's a mediocre quarterback. He's not awful. He's very good. He's got a very, he's got a good jawline. People talk about that. He looks the part. He says all the right things. He's a very stable, sturdy, good leader. Is Dak a highly accurate quarterback who can dial up a great throw downfield in a tight coverage? He's not. I'm not paying that guy $40 million a year. No way. I don't know, man. You remember when the Bills embarrassed the Dallas Cowboys last year, they got embarrassed. Don't forget that game. The feeling of watching Dak Prescott get destroyed by the Buffalo Bills. Anybody remember that? I remember that. Thanksgiving Day. I went, oh, wow. 
I think I believe it was at it was it was at the Cowboys Stadium. They get embarrassed by the Buffalo Bills last year. And everyone wants to talk about how, well, the reason why the Cowboys weren't as good last year was because of their coach. And sure, if you want to put all the blame on Jason Garrett, go ahead and do it. But here's the reality. Last year, the Cowboys roster was pretty good. You gave Dak Prescott a sports car last year. He was driving a Porsche 911. And he went 8-8 eight and eight <laughs> with a Porsche 911 last year. You're telling me in the future... Dak Prescott's going to have a worse roster because he's going to be making a ton of money and they're not going to be able to pay anybody else. And then you expect Dak Prescott to win that race when he's driving a pickup truck instead of a sports car? No way. Dak Prescott needs a good roster. Every quarterback needs a good roster, but Dak Prescott like really needs a good roster because he can't dial in that great throw in a man coverage downfield consistently. He's not that kind of quarterback. I am telling people, I'm warning people, unless Dak Prescott makes... Tremendous, tremendous improvements next year. I would not give him a massive deal. I get the franchise tag. That makes sense for the Dallas Cowboys. They keep him there, and they have a new head coach. And maybe Dak Prescott gets way better next year. And you're like, wow! With a new coach, a new offense, he's just a way better quarterback. I can't believe it. But what I've seen from Dak Prescott to this point is not a guy I would pay a ton of money Long term. It's just not. I would not give Dak Prescott, let alone, you know, $100 million. I guess a $20 million a year, that, that makes sense to me. If it's a five-year deal, $20 million a year, I'd give that to Dak Prescott. Sure. But even that, do you really want to be married to Dak Prescott for five years? A guy who's got limited potential at this point? I don't know. I'm, I'm telling you, Dak Prescott's not quite as good as everybody believes. At least he hasn't been to this point. Winning does not necessarily reflect you. It reflects how good your team is. They've had a really good roster the last couple of years. And here's the thing. No matter what I say related to the Cowboys, half their fan base hates me. Half their fan base likes me. I don't care what anybody says. I'm telling you what I believe. I would not pay Dak Prescott a gigantic, massive contract. Unless he proves it to me next year, hey, it's got to be great. But right now, Dak Prescott better prove next year why he deserves a massive, massive contract. <clears throat> okay, I'm going to drink some water. And then, oh, we have, we have fun. We have a fun one next. <clears throat> All right, well, hit the mic. Um, let's talk about the most ridiculous move I've seen so far in the NFL. Uh, the Houston Texans traded <laughs> DeAndre Hopkins to the Arizona Cardinals. And... Oh, oh my gosh. Uh, here's, here's what happened in the trade. The Cardinals got star receiver DeAndre Hopkins and a 2024th round pick. The Texans got running back David Johnson, a 2022nd round pick, and a 2021 fourth round pick. So the Texans and the Cardinals swapped fourth round picks. The Cardinals got the Cardinals, uh, the Texans got a second round pick, and they swapped a running back for a receiver. This trade, to me, is mind-boggling. I have no idea what in the world Bill O'Brien the Houston Texans is doing. I, I, I just, I very rarely am this critical and this harsh of somebody. I just, I don't get it. I have no idea. It doesn't make any sense. So Bill O'Brien is not only the head coach of the Houston Texans. He also operates as their general manager, meaning he's the guy, he's the top executive in the team making all the football decisions. He needs to give up some control, 
and hire a general manager. He does. Which, by the way, he will never do. When's the last time you heard a guy willingly give up power? It's very, very rare to hear of a guy say, hey, you know the really the, the powerful position I have? Let me just give up some of that power to someone else. He's never going to do that. It's not going to happen unless he's about to be fired. The only way Bill O'Brien ever hires a general manager is if the ownership of the Houston Texans says, hey, if you don't hire a general manager, we are going to fire you. That's the only way that ever happens. I have never seen... This is... There's a, oh my gosh. The DeAndre Hopkins move is awful for so many reasons. Let me go through all of them. And for, first of all, let's dispel... Like, let's, let's dispel, as dispel is the word I was looking for. Let's make it very clear and myth bust a myth that's going around out there saying... People keep saying... Oh, the Texans made this move because they're trying to get rid of cap space. They're trying to free up cap space for their team. But they didn't. The Houston Texans do not have really much more at all cap space than they did before. DeAndre Hopkins counts as $12.5 million against the salary cap. And David Johnson, the guy they traded for, counts as just over $11 million towards the salary cap. Which means that this trade with Houston and Arizona, all it did was give Houston about $1.5 million more of salary cap space. $1.5 million to get rid of DeAndre Hopkins. Doesn't make any sense. And let me be, like, I know, $1.5 million really would change my life. It would really change your life. In the scheme of an NFL salary cap, it's not that much money. It's, it's just not that, it's not that big a deal. It's, it's like a blip on the radar for an NFL team. And what's even crazier, it didn't free up salary cap space, and the Houston Texans didn't get a first-round pick. They did not get a first-round pick from this deal. When you trade a star receiver, you get a first-round pick. That's how it works in the NFL generally. Odell Beckham Jr. was traded. Hey, that trade included a first-round pick. Or Amari Cooper was traded. That trade included a first-round pick. Or Stephon Diggs, that trade with Buffalo, included a first-round pick. What did Houston not get? Oh, they, they didn't even get a first-round pick. It makes no sense. So here's what happened. And, and by the way, DeAndre Hopkins is a better receiver than Stephon Diggs and Odell Beckham Jr. and Amari Cooper. He's better than all three of those guys, and those teams got a first-round pick, while Houston did not. What is wrong with the world? I don't understand. I mean, I know what's wrong. There's a beer bug going around, and people can't even leave their houses. <laughs> Sorry, bad joke. Sorry. Um, so the Texans did not get a good draft pick, and they didn't clear up salary cap space. So what did Houston get? What did they really get out of this trade? Here's what Houston got. They got David Johnson a 28-year-old running back who, yeah, has a few more miles left on the tires. Fair enough. David Johnson is not a bum. He's not useless tomorrow. And he's, he's actually a good receiver out of the backfield, too. He's a running back who can catch passes, and he brings that to the offense. That's pretty good. But not only are David Johnson's numbers going down, here's the thing. I don't even care about David Johnson. Let's just talk about trading a receiver for a running back. Trading a receiver for a running back, goes against everything we currently know about the NFL. I mean, the current belief among NFL teams is that a running back isn't that valuable. They're like, they're fine, but receivers are way more valuable. 
than running backs. A receiver has a lot more value than a running back. And I just, I, I do not understand. There's no way Houston couldn't have gotten a better offer. Houston, if they just waited and looked at all their options, could have gotten a way better offer than they did. Look at what Buffalo gave to Minnesota for Stephon Diggs. Are you telling me Houston couldn't have done better? We'll talk about that trade in a minute. But the Tennessee Titans gave their quarterback a massive contract. They refused to give Derrick Henry. The Titans would not give Derrick Henry their running back, who's the best running back in the entire NFL, and who's only 26 years old and just turned 26 in January. Derrick Henry's a young running back. (laughs) The Titans wouldn't even give Derrick Henry a long-term contract. What that tells the world is, oh, NFL teams don't value the running back position very much. There's not a lot of belief that their, their health and their, their success is going to be very lasting. They believe it's temporary for a running back. The Titans won't give Derrick Henry a long-term contract. Derrick Henry. But Bill O'Brien still believed that trading DeAndre Hopkins, a really talented, one of the best receivers in the entire NFL, for, Der- for David Johnson was a good decision. What, what kind of world do we live in? And I get it. A lot of people, the only possible argument you can make if you're a Houston fan trying to be an apologist for your team is if you say, well, having a great receiver does not necessarily guarantee you're going to win games. Yeah, but neither does a running back. Ezekiel Elliott is a great running back with the Dallas Cowboys. They went 8-8. Eight and eight. Or the New York Giants have an incredible running back, Saquon Barkley. They went 4-12 and 12 last year. A running back doesn't guarantee you victory any more than a receiver does. They just, they're not, they're just weapons. They're good to have, but they're not necessarily the end-all be-all. But receivers are a lot more valuable than running backs because of the way the league is structured, because of the rules in the NFL. The rules of the NFL right now make it easier for quarterbacks and receivers. They are, their value is skyrocketed. Running back value has gone down. Yeah, the Texans... Oh my gosh, they lost this trade big time. I don't understand. They didn't get (laughs) a first-round pick. They didn't really get much more. They got $1.5 million more of salary cap space. That's nothing. And they got a worse player. I don't understand how anybody could possibly feel good if you're a Houston fan. Houston massively, massively botched this trade. Now, it's really good for the Arizona Cardinals. They already had a running back they like, Kenyon Drake. They didn't really have a use for David Johnson, so they got rid of David Johnson, and they got DeAndre Hopkins for almost for free. Like, I I really cannot believe that the Arizona Cardinals robbed the Houston Texans. I don't know if they had blackmail on them. I don't know what happened. I don't know why the Houston Texans would ever agree to this trade. But, man, good on the Arizona Cardinals. Highway robbery. They stole DeAndre Hopkins from the Texans. I cannot believe it. I really, straight up, I don't understand how this happened at all. I, I just have never seen anything like it. I just, did the Texans not ask other teams, hey, we had DeAndre Hopkins. Can we get a lot for him? Teams would have given up a lot to get DeAndre Hopkins. But for whatever reason, (laughs) the the deal they took was this horrible deal with the Arizona Cardinals. Good for the Cardinals, bad for the Texans. I will never understand what happened in this trade and how the decision was made to make this happen. Um, But Houston Texans massively, massively botched this trade. Okay, um... The Vikings traded star receiver Stephon Diggs to the Buffalo Bills. The Bills got Stephon Diggs and a 2027th round pick. The Bills got the star receiver. 
The Minnesota Vikings got four picks. They got the 2020 first-round pick of the Buffalo Bills. That's 22nd overall. Uh, they got a 2020 fifth-round pick, a 2020 sixth-round pick, and a 2021 fourth-round pick. Let me just say, first of all, this is how you trade a star receiver. If you, if you, the Vikings did this. They got a first-round pick, and they dumped a bunch of salary cap space. Good for the Vikings. Was this a great trade for the Vikings? I, I think so. But even if that's up for debate, the Vikings did so much better than the Houston Texans. I don't know how, like, we literally have a direct comparison of what the Vikings got and what the Texans got. The Vikings freed up salary cap space and got a first-round pick. The Texans got neither. <laughs> what the heck were the Texans thinking? I will never understand. I, I, I just don't get it. The Vikings cleared up $11.5 million worth of salary cap space. Um, and again, the Vikings got a first-round pick, a couple mid-round picks. I just repeat this. How if you if you're an NFL team or you're like a you're a young kid who wants to be an NFL general manager someday, this trade is how you trade a star receiver. You get value for the receiver. You get a draft pick and you free up salary cap space. Textbook well done by the Minnesota Vikings. Um, and I, I gotta say, I I think both teams that you know the Vikings good on them. They they got exactly what they wanted out of the trade. Good for the Buffalo Bills though too. Buffalo made the playoffs last year, and they're kind of like a shark in the water. They smell blood, and you know they, they are ready to pounce. The Patriots lost their starting quarterback, Tom Brady. The Patriots also lost two defensive players, Jamie Collins and Kyle Van Noah, two really key defenders. That division, the AFC East, is up for grabs, and uh, the Buffalo Bills are reaching for it. I am so, so happy for Buffalo. Good on them. The Bills are on the rise. And uh, I just cannot say enough good things. I'm so, so happy for the Buffalo Bills. All right, guys, I'm going to take a short break. When I return, we're going to talk about the Carolina Panthers signing Teddy Bridgewater. We're going to go through some of the other stuff that's happened in the NFL. There are a, there's a lot of stuff to go like, to recap and go through. And then we're going to end the show with Ask Zach. Guys, my name is Zach Schaumler. I'm going to take a short break. I will be right back. All right, we are back. Uh, I want to now talk about the Carolina Panthers and a move they just made. The Carolina Panthers have signed free agent quarterback Teddy Bridgewater. And uh, Teddy Bridgewater, in case you don't know, was the backup quarterback last year in New Orleans. He went 5-0, and filling in for Drew Brees when Drew Brees was injured. He's a great leader. People love him. He's uh, 27 years old, and he is the new starter of the Carolina Panthers. Also, apparently, by the way, the Panthers got him at a very... I would call it a reasonable price. The Panthers got their new starting quarterback for a very reasonable price. He signed a three-year deal, reportedly around $60 million. He's going to make probably around the lower end of $20 million a year. That's really cheap for a starting quarterback, and especially when you consider the fact that a guy like Dak Prescott wants around $40 million a year. Uh, Really good on the Carolina Panthers. They found a cheap option for a starting quarterback, and I think a really quality starting quarterback. Now, the other part of this story that is really important is that by bringing in Teddy Bridgewater and making him the guy, the Panthers are now done with Cam Newton, the former starting quarterback of the Carolina Panthers, the former NFL MVP. They've moved on. And uh, the Panthers made a, you know, released a press release talking about how, hey, we've allowed Cam Newton to seek a trade if he wants to. And uh, Cam got really, really mad. He acted pretty childish, in my opinion. And he said some stuff and did some stuff that, 
You just you're not going to see Russell Wilson or Tom Brady or Drew Brees doing. Uh, Cam Newton. Here's what he said. He got really mad. The Panthers posted on Instagram. Here's what the Panthers said. The Panthers said, "We have given Cam Newton permission to seek a trade." Cam Newton responded by going by saying he'd commented below, and Cam Newton has this weird way of typing on Instagram. Oh my gosh, I hate it. It's hard to read. It's just like it's just weird and like not professional. I don't understand it. Um, but Cam Newton said this. He said, "Stop with the wordplay." Never asked for it. There is no dodging this one. I love the Panthers to death and will always love you guys. Yeah, clearly. Please do not try and uh, try and play me or manipulate the narrative and act like I wanted this. You forced me into it. Cam Newton's very spiteful there. Uh, and again, try and read it. Like, I go, go look at the screenshot. Uh, I hate the way Cam Newton types and texts on Instagram. It's like, why? Well, can we just have normal letters and words that are easier to read and easier to communicate? And, uh, you know, that screenshot's just a bad look all around. Cam seems spiteful. He's very angry. Um, and when you combined the message and the words he's putting out there, combined literally with the way that the, the text looks, it's just not a good look. And that's not the quarterback I want running my football team. I've never been a big fan of uh, Cam Newton. I just haven't. Uh, I think he's a bit immature. But I will say I am so... So happy for the Carolina Panthers. I just I, I love Matt Rule, their head coach. I like their offensive coordinator, Joe Brady. And I think that Teddy Bridgewater is awesome. I'm a big fan of Teddy Bridgewater. He brings stability. He brings maturity to their locker room. And uh, now I will say I wouldn't be shocked if Teddy Bridgewater was kind of a a bridge the gap type of quarterback for the Carolina Panthers. Uh, you know, he's a physically very solid quarterback. He's got a pretty okay arm, but he makes really good decisions. And it's possible that eventually the Carolina Panthers go, yeah, we want more from our quarterback. But again, Teddy Bridgewater's only 27 years old. He's going to have really good coaching with Carolina, working with Joe Brady. And uh, maybe in that situation, Teddy Bridgewater becomes the star quarterback of Luka he was destined to be. Remember years ago, Teddy Bridgewater was the starting quarterback of the Minnesota Vikings. He appeared to be their franchise quarterback, and then he got hurt and busted his knee. Maybe we finally see what could have been with Teddy Bridgewater play out in Carolina. And if it doesn't, I, I'm not going to be incredibly shocked. I think it would make sense if the Carolina Panthers draft a quarterback either this year or next year. There is a lot of talent out there. Maybe they do that. Uh, but maybe they don't care. They want to just build a really good roster and build around Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, it cannot be overstated. Like The Panthers got a cheaper option at quarterback who's pretty good. And would you rather pay Dak Prescott $40 million or Teddy Bridgewater 20 I would way rather pay Teddy Bridgewater $20 million for what I think are very similar quarterbacks. And so, and I think Teddy Bridgewater might even be better than Dak Prescott. So I, I love what the Panthers have done. I'm excited for Teddy Bridgewater. He gets to be a starting quarterback again. And uh, I'm excited to watch the Panthers grow over the next couple of years. The Cam Newton era is done. And uh, the, the Teddy Bridgewater era has begun for however long it lasts, and uh, I'm just excited to watch the Carolina Panthers grow over the next couple years. Okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to run through um, so many things happened in the NFL, and I'm just going to recap all of them. We're going to run through all of it. So a bunch of moves happened around the NFL. I want to just run through all of them. We'll start with this. The Giants franchise tagged defensive end Leonard Williams. The Chiefs have franchise tagged defensive tackle Chris Jones. The Panthers have signed former Browns linebacker Christian Kirksey to a two-year deal worth $16 million. The Vikings gave Kirk Cousins a two-year contract extension worth $66 million. 
Remember in 2018, Kirk Cousins signed a three-year contract. And 2020, this upcoming year, would have been the final year of that contract. Instead, they extended him. So now Kirk Cousins will be guaranteed in Minnesota through the 2022 season. The Titans have franchise-tagged running back Derrick Henry. A lot of people are very upset about this. Remember, the Titans paid their quarterback, Ryan Tannehill, a ton of money. But they refused to give their running back, Derrick Henry, a long-term contract, even though he's 26 years old, just turned 26, and the best running back in the NFL. And I think what happens here is that the Titans not giving Derrick Henry a long-term contract really shows how the NFL views the running back position. Uh, Nobody trusts running back health or longevity in the NFL. They all view success for a running back as temporary. And so nobody wants to pay a running back long-term because they feel like the final years of the contract are just dead weight every single time. Uh, Number six, the Miami Dolphins gave offensive guard Eric Flowers a three-year, $30 million deal. It's about $20 million guaranteed. So the Miami Dolphins made their offensive line better. He originally was drafted ninth overall by the Giants in 2015. He, he failed. He did pretty bad with the Giants. Uh, people in New York labeled him a bust. And then last year with the Redskins, Eric Flowers got moved from offensive tackle outside, inside to the interior guard position on the offensive line. And it was a massive, massive success. And so... He's really talented, and having a good offensive guard is good for the Dolphins. Great move by them. Their offensive line got better. The Dolphins also gave corner Byron Jones a five-year, $82.5 million deal. $57 million guaranteed. For now, he is the highest-paid corner in the NFL. And people knock Byron Jones for not getting enough interceptions over the years recently. Um, We also have to talk about the fact that statistically, man, people do not complete a lot of passes against Byron Jones. He's a really good cover guy, and he's just hard to complete a pass against. Byron Jones is a really good corner. I'm glad he got paid. Number eight, the Giants signed former Panthers corner James Bradbury to a three-year deal worth $45 million, $32 million guaranteed. So he's the new starting corner in New York, good for the Giants, helping their defense. The Browns have signed former Falcons tight end Austin Hooper to a four-year deal worth $44 million, $23 million guaranteed. The Browns also added offensive tackle Jack Conklin with a three-year $42 million deal, and the Browns solidified their backup quarterback position by signing Case Keenum to a three-year deal worth $18 million. Case Keenum has made some pretty solid amounts of money over the course of his career. Good for him. Um, First of all, it's good to have a better backup in Cleveland, in case Baker Mayfield gets injured or completely implodes, the Cleveland Browns have a pretty solid backup quarterback. It's one of the better backups in the league. Good for the Browns. Uh, And Baker Mayfield had better find a way to succeed in Cleveland. Their offensive line is now better. They have Austin Hooper at tight end, Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry at receiver, Nick Chubb at running back, plus they also still have David Njoku at tight end. They have two great tight ends, two great receivers, a great running back. And a, an upgraded offensive line. Baker Mayfield had better find a way to make it work in Cleveland. And people are saying that maybe the Browns are going to trade David Njoku away from the Cleveland Browns. It makes no sense. They're not going to do that. Uh, David Njoku's contract is really cheap. He's only $3 million a year. Um, he also didn't really play much last year, meaning he had very low production levels. And uh, the trade value right now for David Njoku is not as good as it really should be. But because of the lack of production... There's a lot of doubt related to David Njoku, so he's just not a good trade piece 
And I think David Njoku is better off kepting, but by the Browns are better served by keeping David on their roster and having just two great tight ends than trying to move David Njoku, who, again, he's cheap, doesn't have high trade value. He's not going to go anywhere. So the Browns just have a massive embarrassment of riches uh, from an offensive weapon standpoint. The Buccaneers have re-signed defensive end Jason Pierre-Paul to a two-year deal worth $27 million. The Falcons have made a trade for tight end Hayden Hurst from the Ravens. The Falcons got tight end Hayden Hurst and a 2024th round pick. The Ravens in the trade got a 2022nd round pick and a 2025th round pick. The 49ers have traded defensive tackle DeForest Buckner to the Colts for the Colts' 2020 first round pick. The 49ers now have uh, the 13th overall pick in the NFL draft. And after the trade, DeForest Buckner signed a new contract with the Colts, reportedly a five-year contract worth $21 million a year. And the Colts, by the way, have been really financially conservative over the last couple of years. We've been waiting and waiting. When are the Colts going to make a big move? And people out of Indianapolis are saying that uh, this, this was just too good a trade to not have happen. And so good for the Colts. They finally spent their money. They got a really great defensive tackle. And uh, I'm happy for their team. And it's pretty sad. Sad and interesting. The 49ers defensive line was this incredible beast last year. They led the 49ers to the Super Bowl in 2019. And it's sad. It's already separating. It's already coming apart. That great legendary defensive line in San Francisco. Last year was their year to capitalize on it. And they weren't able to do it. That's unfortunate. And I think a lot of the blame from that Super Bowl does go on the quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo. There were opportunities in that game, and Jimmy Garoppolo did not make them happen. That's sad for the 49ers. They had a great quarterback, or sorry, they had a great defensive line, and they weren't able to capitalize in 2019 and win the Super Bowl. Number 15, the Bengals used the franchise tag on receiver A.J. Green. What I'm told is that he wants a long-term contract. And uh, the Bengals are not giving him what he wants. Number 16, the 49ers re-signed defensive lineman Eric Armstead. They gave him a five-year deal worth $85 million. Good for the 49ers. Uh, sad to see DeForest Buckner go, but hey, they gave Eric Armstead a new contract. Five years, $85 million. That's, that's pretty, that's re- that's, it's reasonable. Not, gr- not cheap at all. But that's, hey, that's less than, he's not making like $20 million a year. So that's solid for the 49ers. The Patriots have re-signed safety Devin McCourty to a two-year, $23 million deal. The Ravens have traded for defensive end Calais Campbell. They traded with the Jaguars. The Ravens got Calais Campbell, and the Jaguars get the 2020 fifth-round pick from the Ravens. Uh, This is a crazy cheap move for the Ravens to get a five-time Pro Bowl defensive end for this price. I mean, he is 33 years old, but still good for the Ravens. They got a pretty good defensive end that'll last them at least one year with Calais Campbell. Good for them. The Bears signed tight end Jimmy Graham to a two-year deal worth $16 million. Good for the Bears. They got a new tight end. The Lions gave former Patriots linebacker Jamie Collins a three-year, $30 million deal. Uh, Jamie Collins is being reunited with Matt Patricia. Matt Patricia was the defensive coordinator in New England, and Jamie Collins goes to play for him again because he's now the head coach of the Detroit Lions. Good for him. Number 21, the Broncos signed Graham Glasgow, an offensive guard who was previously with the Lions, to a four-year, $44 million deal, $23 million guaranteed. The Broncos' offensive line will be better next year. Added Graham Glasgow, a guard. They're going to get offensive tackle Juwan James back from injury next year. 
Good for the Broncos. Their offensive line is slowly getting better. The Dolphins signed linebacker Kyle Van Noy from the Patriots. They are reuniting Kyle Van Noy with the Dolphins head coach Brian Flores. Remember, Brian Flores used to coach Kyle Van Noy in New England. Kyle Van Noy is getting a four-year, $51 million deal in Miami. Great look, man. $51 million to go live in Miami and play football. Good for Kyle Van Noy. The Cowboys gave receiver Amari Cooper a new contract worth five years, $100 million. Good for him. He basically signed the deal that Dak Prescott would not. The Texans signed star receiver. Not really, ah, star receiver is a stretch. The Texans have signed a pretty good receiver, Randall Cobb, from the Cowboys. They gave him a three-year, $27 million deal. I want to talk about this for a minute because I really respect what Randall Cobb did. Last offseason, Randall Cobb had a couple options. He had a one-year, I believe, $5 million deal with the Dallas Cowboys, and he had a couple other options that were longer term, but like a three-year, $9 million deal. So Randall Cobb could have taken a three-year deal, made $3 million a year, and played football for the next three years. Randall Cobb decided, you know what, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go to the Cowboys. I'm going to play on a prove-it contract, meaning I'm going to take less money for one year and show the world, hey, I'm a good receiver. I can play. I deserve a bigger contract. That's exactly what he did. Randall Cobb went to the Cowboys, proved himself. Houston has now given him a bigger contract. Good for Randall Cobb. He earned it. He did a prove-it contract. He got what he wanted. I'm really happy for him. Number 25, the Giants have signed former Packers linebacker Blake Martinez to a three-year deal worth $30 million. And number 26, the Bears have signed, wow, a big move, a pass rusher, Robert Quinn to a five-year $70 million million deal. So Robert Quinn paired up with Khalil Mack. That's going to be scary. I feel so bad for quarterbacks in the NFC North. Uh, And that rounds up everything that happened in the last two days related to the NFL. Let me see. Before we end the topic, let me make sure there's nothing new happening in the NFL. Uh, No new signings that I can find. Um, Oh, we do have Thomas Davis is signing with the Redskins. Derek Watt, a fullback, is signing with the Steelers. Good for him, Derek Watt, the the young the other brother. And then uh, do we have? Oh, the Chargers got right tackle Brian Balaga to a three-year, thirty million dollar deal. Jason Witten is signing with the Raiders. That's weird. Never thought that would happen. And uh, Philip Rivers. Oh my gosh! Breaking news: Philip Rivers is heading to the Indianapolis Colts. I cannot believe this. He signed a one-year deal rough, worth roughly twenty-five million dollars. Wow. I, I am surprised to hear that. Good for him. Uh, what this means is that here, here's why this is interesting to me because oh man, I, I I'm so surprised by this. The Philip Rivers going to the Colts. They have Jacoby Brissett. They're they're getting Philip Rivers. Are they going to draft a quarterback? What, what that would tell me is they're probably not going to draft a quarterback. My my guess now is that the Colts are not planning to draft a quarterback this year. Maybe they're going to get a guy later like Jacob Eason or Jordan Love. Uh, but I think the Colts are saying, hey, we have a good football team. We got DeForest Buckner. We have a, a, a early pick in the draft. We are go. I guess maybe they don't. They traded with the, Colt, with the 49ers. Point remains, the Colts are going for it. They are no longer probably in the market for a young quarterback. The Colts have said, hey, we have Phillip Rivers. We have DeForest Buckner. We are going for a Super Bowl. We're giving everything we have. Good for the Colts, man. The Colts believe, and I, I, I agree with the Colts. The Colts have a really, really good roster, and they believe with Phillip Rivers, they can win a Super Bowl. I, I think they're not wrong. And how cool would it be to see Phillip Rivers win a Super Bowl with the Indianapolis Colts? Oh, my gosh. 
uh, I'd be so happy for them. And so, uh, wow, this is big news. Good for them. And I'm going to go watch Philip Rivers play next year in Indianapolis. I'll be at a game. I'm going to live in Cincinnati, moving there in August, and that's an hour and a half drive, Cincinnati to Indianapolis. I'm going to go watch Philip Rivers play live next year. That'll be so much fun. And wow, what a fun thought to see Philip Rivers in a different uniform, have a really, really good roster around him. I, I would not discount the Colts. The Colts have an opportunity now with a good quarterback and a, a really scary good roster. The Colts are a team that could potentially win a Super Bowl again. Uh, oh my gosh. I'm so happy for the Colts. The other news around the league, Raiders are signed back, signing linebacker Corey Littleton to a three-year, $36 million deal. Uh, hmm, let's see, what else? Matt Ryan news. Uh, Matt Ryan's donating money. Don't care about that. Uh, I mean, I do. That's good, but it's not what I'm looking for. Uh, the Jaguars have signed linebacker Joe Schobert to a five-year, $53 million deal. He is from the Cleveland Browns. Um, the Dolphins are trying to sign Jordan Howard, a running back from the Eagles. That'd be another big move for the Dolphins. Oh, my gosh. Um, and the Titans are signing Vic Beasley to a one-year, $12 million deal. That's all I have, guys. Uh, that's all the news around the league so far. and all the, uh, that's, that's as up-to-date as I can possibly be on what's going on around, along, on around the NFL. Um, and that's, those are all the moves. I want to just say, the Dolphins have won big time in the last two days. Uh, they added offensive lineman Eric Flowers. They added a corner, Byron Jones. They got linebacker Kyle Van Noy. They're trying to get another running back. I mean, the Dolphins are really going after it. They're spending money. They're building their roster. Uh, they got three really good new starters, maybe even a new running back. And while the Dolphins won... The Cowboys have lost big time in the last two days. Number one, they had to franchise tag their quarterback, Dak Prescott, because he keeps asking for more and more money. Uh, they also lost three really good players. They lost Randall Cobb, who, I'll be honest, they expected that because he gave him a one-year deal last year knowing he was probably going to leave afterward. But they also lost defensive end Robert Quinn, uh, which is going to make it harder for Demarcus Lawrence to get a pass rush because offensive lines can now focus more attention on one side of the offensive line uh, of the offensive line on that side than Demarcus Lawrence and not have to worry about Robert Quinn coming off the other side. Uh, they also lost Byron Jones, a really good corner. You have to wonder, man, was Dak worth it? Was Dak Prescott worth what's happening? They could have found a cheaper option at quarterback and uh, to keep some of the guys, the Cowboys have had to, uh, you know, give Dak Prescott more money they could have got more people if they just signed a different... If the, if the Cowboys had said, hey, we're done with Dak, we're going to go sign Teddy Bridgewater, giving Teddy Bridgewater a reasonable amount of money, they might have been able to keep a guy like... Maybe, maybe kept Robert Quinn. Maybe kept Byron Jones. I mean, I just want to ask, was Dak Prescott worth it for the Dallas Cowboys? I, I just don't think it was, man. The more I think about it, the more I go, I, I just think it's wrong. I just do not believe the Cowboys are doing the right thing with Dak Prescott. They should have let him walk. They should have. They could have signed Teddy Bridgewater. They could have found a quarterback. They could have got somebody. Uh, I, I just don't think Dak Prescott's worth the amount of money he wants. And giving Dak Prescott that much money is really hurting the Dallas Cowboys. They lost three good players. They could have kept at least one of them if Dak Prescott hadn't cost so much. And so um, I think the Dallas Cowboys are the biggest losers over the last couple of days. Guys, my name is Zach Schaumler. I'm going to take a short break. When I return... We're going to end the show with Ask Zach. Guys, my name is Zach Schaumler. I will be right back. All right, we are back. Um, 
My plan for this week is to do Ask Zach at the end of every single episode because it's going to be a very busy week. Uh, there's going to be just a ton of news, and we're probably going to have to do an impromptu episode about every single day this week. And so uh, we're just going to do Ask Zach at the end of every single episode this week. Remember, the way to submit a question for Ask Zach, you go to patreon.com forward slash Zach Shomler. It's a dollar a month. A uh, dollar a month adds up to $12 a year. So it's $12 a year to support me on Patreon. It, it, it's a huge help to me. Please, you can give more than a dollar a month if you want. Um, but $12 a year literally pays my rent. It's a huge help to me. And uh, that $1 for you means a lot to me. It goes a long way on my end. Um, and I do say I don't guarantee to answer every single question that is submitted to me on Patreon. But I do guarantee I read every single question submitted to me on Patreon with my eyeballs. And then I pick the top couple to read on the show. Uh, let's jump into the first question. It is from Dale. Dale brought, uh, wrote him with a really good question, a question I liked. Um, Dale's question is something that a lot of Strong Opinion Sports listeners, I think, also share. And so Dale writes in, it's a long one. He says, hey, Zach, just want to start off by saying I enjoy the show. And this is my first time submitting a question. That being said, are you going to be using your time focusing on the XFL more than the NFL draft or next season? So that's, this is obviously a question from last week. He wrote it when the XFL was still going on. But he says, over the past three or four weeks, you've only released eight or nine videos pertaining to the NFL, and the majority surrounded two topics, Joe Burrow and the Bengals or Tom Brady. This is out of the 80-ish videos you've released in that time span, making about only 10% of your content this past month NFL-related. With the majority of your audience tuning in for your insight to the, on the NFL, I was wondering if anything is up. I understand you're covering the XFL because you believe in the product and want to help develop it, but that shouldn't compromise your NFL product, right? At least in my opinion. This can be a rabbit hole, and as you can obviously do what you want with your show, put views aside for doing something you believe in, etc. I'm sure you expected numbers to not do as well, but even I, a regular viewer of the show, have started to tune out. Overall, my question isn't why you haven't... Overall, my question is, why haven't you been covering the NFL as closely in the offseason? There's many contract negotiations, free agent speculation, film analysis, and et cetera that could be discussed. Um, again, Dale, number one, I really appreciate your question. Dale, I'm grateful for your support on Patreon. Um, this is a really important topic to talk about. And so, and I think that, again, this is something that a lot of strong opinion sports listeners share. They're wondering what was going on in the last, you know, end of January through February. Why were we not talking about the NFL a ton? Why was I not talking about the NFL a bunch? And so, I think maybe I have done a poor job setting the expectation for the show and the scheduling and what's going on. Um, here's, how, here's how it's going to work next year. I cover the NFL regular season. I, I love the NFL regular season. It's phenomenal. Of course, I'm obviously going to cover that. Uh, we're going to cover the playoffs. I'm going to cover the Super Bowl. And here's how it's going to work out. Next year, the Super Bowl is going to end. And after the Super Bowl in January, I'm going to cover the XFL because I, I love the XFL. I really am a fan of it. And uh, the NFL slows down a lot. January and February, there's not a lot going on. Well, I guess January, never mind. February, the month of February, the Super Bowl happens, and then there's really not anything going on in the NFL after the Super Bowl for about a month, into mid-March. Mid-March is when free agency happens. So from the Super Bowl until free agency, there's that month, about a month period in February, month and like another week because of March where there's just not a lot going on in the NFL. 
And uh, that whole the month of February is all rumors and speculation, and it's it's just nothing. NFL players are on vacation. NFL teams are doing uh, a lot of scouting stuff for the draft. But the reality is that all the stuff in the media for the NFL at that time period is all rumors and speculation. I literally saw people making content about, you think Tony Romo is going to come out of retirement and come back to play for the Cowboys? Like, they're talking about stuff that isn't worth talking about. They're making crap up literally. I have this crazy idea. Can we spin it into a topic and earn some time on the show? That's literally what people do. And so I I don't like doing that. Uh, And I'll be quite honest, all that stuff got really boring and exhausting to me. I didn't care. I just was like, I don't care about any of the stuff being talked about right now in the NFL media. People just create silly nonsense that's not worth talking about. Um, I love the XFL. I wanted to cover the XFL. I was very passionate about it. Um, And the thing that the, the XFL had in February that the NFL simply did not have was substance. I mean, and I will, I will say this, man. Uh, a lot of people didn't tune into my XFL content, and that's fine. They didn't want to hear stuff about the XFL. But those people missed out. I, I'm really proud of the work I did covering the XFL. It's some of the best work I've ever done. Literally, go back and listen to it. I'm, I'm really, really proud of the way I covered the XFL. It's really good stuff. And I also knew that, like, in February, there was stuff to talk about. There was an XFL season. There was a little bit of NFL content going on. Um, but summer, once basketball season ends, summer's a pit of despair. There is nothing in July, in June, in a lot of August. There's just not, there's, there's a a period in the summer where there's literally nothing to talk about related to the NFL. And, uh, it's going to be even worse now because of the thing going around and the, the beer bug that's happening. So, um, my, my whole thought was like, I'm not in a hurry to start doing film analysis stuff because, there's a time coming on the horizon where there will be nothing to talk about, and I'm going to save it for a rainy day. And so I'll be more clear next year. You know, I, Next year in, in February, I'm still going to cover the NFL when there's stuff to talk about, but a lot of the speculation about free agency and this and that t- proved to be totally nonsense. Um, you know, People were saying, like, is Tom Brady going to go to the 49ers? I'm like, no. And if I'd covered all that stuff, all I would have done repeatedly has been making videos saying, like, uh, there's this crazy nonsense. It's not true. Here's why. Just I would have made the same video over and over and over and over again, just going like, here's a crazy theory people are talking about. They're saying it because there's nothing to talk about. I don't believe it's true. And it would have just been rinse and repeat. And so what I did, I made a topic uh, basically saying that here's the problem with sports shows on TV, right? And that's that topic covered all that stuff, all the crazy nonsense going on could be traced back to that video where I just said, here's my blanket statement about all the nonsense happening. Um, Also, I'm going to blow your mind. I plan to cover the Formula One series whenever it comes back. I I really am very interested in Formula One. I've gone down a dark rabbit hole uh, as the the beer bug, we'll call it, that's been going around messing up with people and getting people sick. I've just dove deep, deep into Formula One. I'm super nerdy about it. Uh, the, the things I'm going to cover in the next year and a half, I'm going to cover Formula One. I'm going to cover football. I love football is my favorite sport. I'm going to cover the NFL. I'm going to do a ton of film analysis stuff. But there's a race. If Formula One ever comes back this year, they're going to have a race about every you know two or three weeks if they ever their season ever does restart again. And the Formula One season, there's a, a race every two or three weeks. So I can make a video before the race, make a video after the race. It will not infringe on any of the NFL content. Um but I, I just, I don't know, it's, it's a weird thing. I, I love the XFL. I loved covering it. I'm going to cover it next year in February. 
Um, and the reason why the XFL took over the month of February for me was there just wasn't a lot of substance to talk about in the NFL. The combine's kind of nonsense. Uh, the speculation stuff is just not interesting to me. I don't really I have a hard time relating to it or caring. People like people will send me like Peyton Manning might come out of retirement. They're like, hey, make a video about this. What do you think of this? And I'm like, it's nonsense. It's not worth talking about. So um, I don't know. I, I get it's weird because if I cover all the nonsense, right? If all, all the other media outlets have a schedule they have to follow, right? They have a show Monday through Friday, three hours a day. They have to make content, whether there is nothing to talk about or if there's something to talk about. So they literally just go down rabbit holes about nothing. I don't have to stoop to that level, and I don't really want to because it, it's weird. If I cover nonsense, people then accuse me of saying, oh, you're being like Stephen A. Smith. You're turning into Skip Bayless. So they get mad at me if I cover all the nonsense, say it's ridiculous. But if I don't cover the nonsense, then people get mad at me saying, why aren't you talking about the NFL? And it's like, well, there's not a lot to talk about in the NFL right now. The month of February is going to be always a, a low month where there's not a lot to talk about in the NFL. I love the XFL. I'm going to talk about that next year. I, I Really, it's fun for me. And I just want to repeat this, man. Most people did not tune into my XFL content. People missed out. I will say this. I'm very proud of what I did. Uh, my XFL content is some of the best work I've done in my entire life. And I'm sad people didn't watch it, honestly, because I think they missed out on something pretty good. Um, and so I, I just, I don't know. Um, I, I just, uh, I, I love what I do. I love football. I'm going to cover football forever. It's my favorite thing in the world. E like even I would do this job for free. I just love doing strong opinion sports. Um, I started it two years ago, uh, on top of college. I had college. I had a full-time job when I started the show. It is now my full-time job to do strong opinion sports. That's great. Um, but in the month of February, I don't want to stoop to that level and talk about stuff that isn't worth my time and isn't worth your time. I respect your time. And uh, the XFL dominated because I thought that was the most substantive thing going on at the time. And um, I don't like at the end of the day, uh, I, I need people to watch my show. Number one, I need people to listen to the show. Number two, um, and they're actually they're, they're one and two that no matter how you view that you listen to or view the show, it helps me. Um, but number three, I, I have to be able to look at myself in the mirror and say, do I like the content I'm making? And if I was making content about, is Tom Brady going to go to the 49ers? Is Tony Romo going to come out of retirement? I don't think I could look myself in the mirror and be like, this is good content. I'm proud of this. And so, um, and then also, you know, I, I had a lot of personal turmoil going on in the month of February, stuff I, I will never talk about. Maybe, maybe someday, but stuff that's just private that I can't share. I was, I took a trip to New York. Uh, that probably cost me about four days worth of content. So, um, yeah, February was really slow, but it's also the slowest time of the year. And if there's ever a time to take a break or to, uh, slow down for a little bit, it is a month of February. So I'm sorry, Dale, that, um, when I hear someone say they started to tune out cause they weren't getting the content they wanted. That sucks. I, I, I don't like that at all. I don't like hearing that. It makes me unhappy. Um, but I also want to make content I'm proud of and that I think it's worth listening to. And I, again, I, I repeat, I think the XFL content I made was high quality and worth listening to. And the fact that people didn't want that is sad to me. It is. Um, and uh, I, the show continues. Uh, we're back to the NFL now. Uh, all we have to talk about right now is NFL stuff. And so uh, I hope people continue to enjoy that. And uh, I know that someday when I cover Formula One, uh, my, my guess is people like Dale. Dale, love you. Please stay for the NFL stuff. I don't expect Dale to watch my Formula One content. 
Um, maybe I'll be carving out a new market of people, but I, I also want to talk about stuff I'm really passionate and really interested in. And, uh, you know, I was really passionate about the XFL. I was not passionate about is, is Tony Roma going to the 49ers. And so, um, that's the stuff I chose to cover instead. And, uh, that's, what's going to happen next year in February. And that's how the show is always going to go. Um, but people are really impatient. You know, when the year ended, I was like, man, I, I have a lot of film analysis stuff. I made a list of stuff I was excited to cover. But again, I wasn't in a in a gigantic hurry to get to um, the the film analysis stuff because I know on the horizon, summer's going to be long. It's going to be like nuclear winter in the summer where there's nothing to talk about at all. And I got to save stuff for that time period. So, um, hey, we're there now. The, the, the beer bug's going around and we, we got to that content a little quicker than I, I thought we would about a month earlier. Um, but that's my plan for the off season and always will be. February is always going to be kind of a slower period where there's just not a lot going on. And when there's not a lot going on, I don't make up random nonsense. I just don't make content as much. So, um, I, again, I'm, I'm sorry to the people who felt like they didn't get the content they wanted, but that is, uh, how the show works for me. And, uh, I just don't want to stoop to the level of talking about things that aren't worth talking about. Okay. Uh, the next question is from Preston. Preston writes in, and let's, let's, let's do Preston out for a minute. Uh, Andy, first Anthony writes in. Anthony says, hey, Zach, do you think the NFL should move back to St. Louis? It seems like fans want a team based on the XFL enthusiasm. Maybe Tampa, Cincinnati, or Buffalo could potentially move to St. Louis. Um, should the NFL move back to St. Louis? Doesn't matter at all unless the city of St. Louis decides to write a check to build a stadium. San Diego lost their team. Oakland lost their team. St. Louis also lost their team. Why did they lose their team? Because they would not pony up and build a stadium. The local government there said, we're not going to use state funds to build or city funds, whatever, the, whatever the, the term is, the right term is. We're not going to use political funds to build a stadium. We're not going to use state taxes, none of that stuff. The city will not build you a stadium. The city wants billionaires to build the stadium. And I get it. I understand people saying... We need billionaire owners to use their own money to build the stadium. I get it. But here's the reality. If you want an NFL team in your city, you build a stadium. LA built a stadium. They got a team. Vegas built a stadium. They're getting a team. Yes, maybe the NFL owners should use their own money to build a stadium. I get, I get the desire, but the reality is they don't need to because if your city's unwilling to build a stadium... There's always another city next door that wants a team a little more than you, is willing to spend the money and build a stadium. Vegas is willing to do it. Cincinnati, uh, Vegas is willing to do it. Oakland was not, right? LA was willing to build a stadium. St. Louis was not. So should the NFL return to St. Louis? Not unless they want to build a stadium. Now, St. Louis loves their XFL team. The XFL Battlehawks are awesome. Um, and so, you know, should St. Louis get a new team? I don't think so, but I think what they could do is be very proud. St. Louis should be very, very proud. The local government might not want to build a new stadium, but the people in that city of St. Louis love football, and man, did they show up for their team, the St. Louis Battlehawks, when it was time. And uh, I, I am so happy for the city of St. Louis. They, might not have, they, they do not have an NFL team, and they might not for a long time, but St. Louis can be very proud. We are the best City in the XFL. We're the best XFL fan base in the league. 
and uh, they can hang their hat on that. At least there's something, right? They might not have an NFL team. Sad that they don't. But at least they can hang their hat on we are the best XFL team in the league. At least the best, the best XFL city in the league. So Preston writes in, he says, Hey, Zach, I'm listening to your podcast, and it makes me hungry for breakfast tacos because I eat them while watching your show a lot. It made me think, what is your favorite food? Or maybe a few. Also, I really like Patreon. I love knowing that you can pay your rent off with the ones, uh, rent off of the ones that want to ask your questions and support you. Anyway, thanks for reading this. You were awesome, and your show is awesome. Great work. Preston, first of all, thank you so much. Uh, you have no idea how much your dollar, maybe it's five, I don't know how much you support, what level you support at, but your amount of money you give me a month really, really helps my life. And so, Preston, thank you so much. Um, I have five favorite foods, and we're going to have fun talking about this. Uh, I love all of them. They're not really good for you foods, but look, I, I, I'm a guy. I enjoy some good food. Uh, and so in no order, these are my five favorite. There's not a particular, there's not a number one. They're not ranked. Uh, I'm going to list them in some particular order because you have to make one go first. But um, I don't have a particular order. I just love all these foods. These are my top favorite five foods um, in no order. So number, the first one I want to talk about is a local burger joint. I grew up in Portland, Oregon. And in Portland, Oregon, there's a place called Lardo. Oh, boy, Lardo's amazing. Uh, I get the Kumar Burger. It is my favorite burger of all time. Uh, I've been all over the country. I've had burgers everywhere. Lardo's Burger is perfect for me. It's what makes me happy. Um, it's this gooey, cheesy, really good burger. Get the Kumar Burger at Lardo if you're ever in Portland. Now, also local to Portland, my, one of my other favorite foods is a restaurant called Guero. Uh, I filmed there with Guy Fieri doing diner, uh, diners, drive-ins, and dives at one point. Uh, the owner of Guero was awesome. He's a cool dude. He really loves basketball. And if you go to Guero, get a carnitas tortoise. Tortoise. It's uh, how do it's like a it's like a Mexican sandwich. It's phenomenal. They've got this bun, really well toasted. The meat inside is amazing. It's really spicy. Ah, oh, it's so good. One of my and I, I'm not talking about tortoise at other places. My favorite tortoise in the world. And I'm probably saying it wrong because I don't have a Spanish accent. I'm totally screwing it up, but whatever. Go to Guero in Portland, Oregon. Oh my goodness, it's phenomenal. Here's another experience. I love Skyline Chili. Uh, it's in Cincinnati. I get a three-way. It's spaghetti, chili, and cheese. This was my favorite food as a kid. My dad, I never had Skyline Chili until I was an adult. But as a kid, my dad would make chili, cheese, and Nally, you know, Nally chili and spaghetti on top. We'd make it. And then when I got to go to Cincinnati and have the real thing, it was like, this is the best food ever made. If I had to pick one thing to be my favorite food in the world, it would, in fact, be Skyline Chili. Uh, it's amazing. Skyline Chili is so good. One of my other favorite foods is Krispy Kreme Donuts. Uh, now, nothing other than the regular glazed donut. In my opinion, here's how donuts work. The best donut on planet Earth is a regular glazed Krispy Kreme donut. For some reason, even the other donuts at Krispy Kreme, the other donuts are fine. Like, they're good. But it's, it's like Krispy Kreme's regular original glazed donut and everything else, there's just nothing better. No matter what situation, there are some moments where I'm like, you know what, an old-fashioned donut doesn't sound that good. Or you know what, sprinkles, like, eh. Or you know what, like, Boston cream pie, eh. Like, I'm not, whatever it is, right? Custard filled, like, I'm not feeling it. There is never a moment in my life where I would not be wanting want to be having a Krispy Kreme original glazed donut. Think about that. 
there are some moments where like, you know what? That donut sounds better than that other donut. But if it's to, to me and you're like, hey, would you rather have this or a Krispy Kreme glazed original donut? It will always be the Krispy Kreme glazed original donut. And in my opinion, it trumps every other donut on planet Earth. I love it. It's phenomenal. Um, and here's my other, my, my final favorite food. It's, uh, you're going to laugh at me. I, I love French fries. French fries are, go to, really, there's not a, there's no such thing to me as a bad French fry. Now, the Red Robin fries are the worst, probably. I hate the really thick cut fries. I like thin stuff. Uh, we have, I think, a place, a place called Burgerville where I live where we have shoestring fries. Uh, Dairy Queen makes really good fries. The, they're like a little bit, they're not as greasy and gross, but they're the thin kind. But let me tell you, my favorite French fries on planet Earth. You're going to laugh at me. You're like, what, Zach, really? Like, come on. They're Or Ida. They're freezer fries. You make them in your oven. They're called Or Ida fast food style fries. They, they cook a lot. So regular fries cook for about 23 minutes. These cook a lot faster. They have more oil on them. They cook in like 13 minutes. That's how you know. If you, you know you have the right French fries, if the directions say to cook them very quickly, that's you cook them quickly, quick and hot. That's how you have the right fries. Um, they're called fast food style fries and they are phenomenal. Oh, or Ida, if you're in the store anytime soon, uh, wear a mask. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, but get or Ida fast food style fries. Oh my gosh. They're so good. Uh, you get that, you dip it in a sauce I make, which is just, it's just mayo and Frank's buffalo sauce. You mix it all up. You put fries in it. Oh my God. That's one of my favorite foods in the entire world. And again, my five favorite foods in the world. A burger from Lardo, a torta, a carnitas tortas from uh, Guero, a three-way Skyline Chili, a Krispy Kreme original glazed donut, and or Ida fast food style freezer fries you cook in the oven. Those are my five favorite foods. Um, I don't think I could eat them all at one meal. It'd be kind of weird too. But man, those are my this my favorite foods on planet Earth are those five things. And uh, you know, I hope I answered your question well enough, Preston. Okay, Devin writes in. Devin says, hey, man, been listening to you for about a year and just want to say, keep it up. I really enjoy your content and the obvious effort you put into it. Thank you, Devin. I appreciate that. Devin says, my question is, if you were to be drafted by an NFL team, which city outside of Cincinnati would you want to move to most in terms of nightlife, climate, food, media coverage, et cetera? So if I was an NFL player where I could live anywhere I want in any NFL city I I could choose, uh, and I'm going to assume for this scenario that I will assume that in this scenario, I'm a super rich NFL player making billions of dollars and I can do whatever I want. Um, and But I also need to be able to go to practice every single day. So that's why any team in New York is out because if I were going to live in New York, play for the Giants or the Jets, I'd want to live in Manhattan because like, oh, living in Manhattan would be awesome. But you can't get to practice easily. You'd have to live actually in the suburb near the practice facility. And a New York suburb, suburb is just cold and expensive. I have no interest in that. Um, so the two places I would want to live if I was an NFL player, I'd want to play for the Vegas Raiders or the Miami Dolphins. Just very straight up. Um, all the way. Vegas is cheap. I would start buying real estate early on. I'd buy like two houses, start renting them out, make money off of them, pay them off. It just slowly, you know, if I'm a millionaire in Vegas, I'd just build, buy more and more houses and build an empire that way. Um, and in Vegas, you have so many entertainment options, not to mention the weather's good. It's sunny. You'd be happy. Um, there's always concerts. There's always stuff to do in Vegas. Now in Miami, again, in this crazy scenario I've made up, I'm a rich millionaire. Being a rich millionaire in Vegas, excuse me, in Miami would be awesome. Miami's nightlife is incredible. 
You can live at the beach. It'd be great to be on the beach. Oh my gosh. Sunny, wet, like warm weather every day. Oh, it'd be amazing. You're like a, a quick drive from the Florida Keys. You can go down to Key West whenever you want. Um, I would love to live in, in Miami. That'd be great. Now, I would avoid L.A. I would hate to bl- uh, play for the L.A. Rams uh, because traffic's awful. I've lived in L.A. I don't like it. It's terrible. Uh, so to me, if I was an NFL player and I could live in any city I wanted, one of the, I'd pick either the Las Vegas Raiders or the Miami Dolphins. Those are the two places that, man, I'd love to live in either one of those places as a millionaire. Um, now, if I wanted, say I didn't want the nightlife, I didn't want Vegas or Miami, then I'd probably go live in Dallas, actually. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys would be awesome. They'd be fun. Uh, there's always events in Dallas. You have Houston is, is close, but I'd prefer Dallas to Houston, so I'd pick Dallas. Uh, you'd have event, you have baseball games, you have basketball games, you have cool races, you have all kinds of stuff going on in Dallas all the time. You have great movie theaters, the suburb. Grand Prairie, Texas, right outside of Fort Worth, is amazing. I'd probably live in there. Uh, they have great food in the suburbs. Fairly cheap to live in that area. Uh, traffic's tolerable in Dallas. If I was, my third option, it'd be Vegas or Miami. And if neither of those, then I'd want to live in Dallas. If I was an NFL player, those are the places I would most want to live and what NFL cities I would want to live in. Final question of the day, Logan writes in, he says, from the complete opposite side of the country, you've got me. And plenty of my buddies captivated. Love, love, love the show, man. You talk semi-frequently about Gardner Minshew and Shahid Khan, uh, which I love because Jacksonville doesn't get much love in the media. I know we're not the prettiest city ever, but would you ever consider spending some time down here and even possibly with Minshew? Uh, would I spend time in Jacksonville? Yeah. Oh, heck yeah. Uh, Jacksonville's cool. Uh, I plan, you know, I would love to live in Jacksonville. I, I can see myself doing that. Um, you know, my, my goal right now is in August to move to Cincinnati for six months to live in Cincinnati through football season, cover college basketball, hopefully next year, a little bit of basketball season. And then after my six months in Cincinnati, starting in August, um, assuming that, you know, the beer bug going around doesn't ruin everything. Um, I want to live at the beach after Cincinnati. I'm going to find a beach town somewhere. Whether it's, uh, look, I want to live somewhere actually affordable. I'm not going to live in California. I couldn't afford California. It's terrible. It's expensive. It's high traffic. I'm never going to live in California. Um, so if California is off the list and I want to live at the beach and live somewhere cheap, um, here kind of are the options. It'd be Mobile, Alabama or Tampa Bay, Florida or Jacksonville, Florida. Now, the number one thing to me is probably Charleston, South Carolina. Um, I don't know that I could afford a beach house in Charleston. I'd probably have to live off the beach. Uh, and then, but it'd be to be within driving distance of the beach would still be really, really nice. Um, and, uh, I just want to live somewhere warm. Honestly, I want to live somewhere warm where when I walk outside, it's not cold and I don't need a jacket immediately. I live in the Pacific Northwest where it's just always cold. And so I want to live somewhere warm after Cincinnati. That's my goal. And so Logan, yeah, I could see myself in Jacksonville. That'd be cool. I'd be totally fine and happy with that. Um, I want to end the show this way. Four years ago, my younger brother took his life. Uh, it's awful, man. Suicide's terrible. I learned two really painful lessons from that experience. Number one, if you're struggling, please go get help. Go get help. My brother suffered in silence. He never told anybody he was having a hard time. Uh, one day I came home and he was dead on the floor. So I encourage you, please do not be like my brother. If you're struggling, please go get help. And if you have nobody to talk to, if you really don't have a teacher or a, a boss or a professor or a parent, if you have nobody to talk to, then you can call the Suicide Hotline 1-800-273-8255. The Suicide Hotline 
is 1-800-273-8255. The other lesson I learned when my brother died, it's really painful and it stinks, is that uh, I just make sure the people in your life know how much you care about them. Make sure they know you love them, you're there for them, and that if they're having a hard time, they can reach out to you. My brother and I played high school football together. We worked together. uh, We played Halo together once a week. And we always talked about girls or sports or video games or movies. And we never talked about things that had more impact on our lives. And so I encourage you, give people hugs. Tell them you love them. Make sure the people in your life know how much you care about them. I want to end the show by saying this. Uh, it's, a, it's a quote from Jim Carrey. It says, I believe depression is legitimate. But I also believe that if you don't exercise, eat nutritious food, get sunlight, get enough sleep, consume positive material, and surround yourself with support, then you aren't giving yourself a fighting chance. Give yourself a fighting chance. Uh, Suicide's terrible. If you're struggling, go get help. Make sure the people in your life know that they can talk to you, that you love them. Have a great day. I appreciate you. We'll probably record tomorrow whenever Tom Brady announces what team he's going to. But um, bum, bam, we are done. It's going to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers.